Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Joni Stahl. It's so good to be back. How are you guys doing today? Everybody doing good? I hope so. And I hope that after you listen to this video today, you'll feel even better. I did have a plan today to do a video. But then again, I'm following his plan. I just wake up and follow him. And so here I am. And I was talking to the Lord today while I was doing laundry. I was like, you know, Lord, I can do a video if you want me to. And I felt this just freedom, like share Christ, make use of your time, spread a little love of Christ around, spread all of his love around, speak every day, sow into the world every day. You know, I was thinking the other day that, you know, because I was talking to some people and they were talking about retirement. I lay in bed that night a few nights ago and I thought, I don't ever want to retire from preaching the word of God. I want to always, even with my last breath, preach the word of God. There's no day off to me. There's no, I need a break and I need to go on vacation. I am on vacation. Anybody who's born again understands what that means. So I'm happy to be here. And before I get started, I am going to pray. So please pray along with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for another awesome privilege that you have given to me. That, Lord, as an earthen vessel, I can be filled with the excellency of your knowledge so that the power may be of you and not of me. I pray that, Lord, you will be with my mouth and that you will speak through me. For, Lord, I am your humble servant and I want you to have all the glory. I ask you to have the preeminence. I pray that you will fill up this temple with your glory and that, Lord, this earthen vessel, Lord God, will that you will touch it and that it will pour out. I will pour out living waters into the hungry because, Jesus, I know there are so many people out there that are watching that are hungry, that are thirsty, that are hopeless, that are desperate. They are scared. And, Lord, they don't know what is going on even in this day or what's going to happen tomorrow because of the things that are going on in the world. But Lord, I trust you that you will be with me, that you will help me to deliver this message and that you will give them that stamp, that witness of your Holy Spirit to certify the things that you are impressing upon them in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So what a time that we're in. And I'm going to focus right now about this month. Okay, what is this month? It's December. And so the whole world, you know, whether people are traditional Christians or uh, Christ professing Christians or people are just going along with it because they're materialistic. This is the season that I like how my husband put it. This is probably the one month Christ is advertised the most, most in this month. And I was talking with my husband this morning about the shepherds that were in the field and how they were there at night and they were unsuspecting and they were tired, I am sure, and ragged and their clothes are dirty and their occupation was the lowest of the low. But yet that heaven opened up and the light shone upon them. Heaven opened and those men saw heaven. 
They saw heavenly beings. They saw glorious angelic hosts singing, singing and heralding that a son was born, that Jesus Christ, the savior of the world was born. And he did it. They did it at night and they did it to a small little number of men no one cared about or looked down on or both. Now, let me just set that aside. Just sticky note that right here for a minute, because I'm going to come back to that. You know, I really believe in my heart. You know, we all have our own walk with the Lord. And so if you truly are connected to Christ and you are with him every day, you have a personal life in Christ and the Lord is moving in your life and he's telling you personal things and he's moving you to do this and moving you in that and highlighting and illuminating things in his scriptures. But there is something that is really moving in me and I am certain of it. And I know I keep telling you this and I'm going to keep saying it. You know why? Because I'm happy. I'm happy in the Lord and I'm so excited to be his and I can't help but have joy, be have that joy unspeakable and be full of glory. And it's not a flesh act like, oh, look at how happy I am. It's like, no, you don't understand. I am deeply happy in Christ. <laughs> and sometimes when I look back at the life that I had, I think it is a miracle that Jesus saved a wretch like me. And, you know, just to touch on the last video, I had Rena Groot on and she told her testimony that was hair raising and their abandonment and betrayal and no love in her life and and so many horrific things to the point where she was going to take her life and she felt demons pulling her to go out of the window, to throw her out of a window. But she saw Jesus in a vision. She saw him seated on his throne. He revealed himself to her in that darkest, blackest, hopeless moment where she thought it's no good to live anymore. But Christ revealed himself to her in that darkest, blackest night. I believe we are in the dark, maybe not the darkest. I think the darkest blackness of night is going to be during the hard part of the tribulation. But I think this is getting darker and darker by the hour. And we are the people that are alive right here and right now. But I want to talk about something. I want to talk about your life in Christ. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about why you are where you are, who Jesus is today to you, what the heavens are today for you, the angelic host, and the things that everybody traditionally returns to a day or two or a month out of the year, or they even give thought to, which is the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, this morning I was thinking about, because I was reading in Luke yesterday and I was reading about Mary, this young girl, and she was, we don't know anything about her. Nothing was mentioned of her. There's, there was this girl named Mary and we know the story, and I'm not going to get into that story, but we know that Gabriel came to her and he told her that she would be with child and that his name would be called Jesus, which is yet really Yeshua um, means savior. And she had no idea really what any of that meant. And, but she, she believed, she believed 
okay. You know, she didn't say no to him or wait a minute. What are you saying? I don't accept it. We see that her heart was soft and open to the Holy Spirit. That shows me what kind of a person she was. She probably no doubt had parents that were people of faith like Zachariah and Elizabeth who who walked in the law and were blameless and righteous. So we know that there were people like that. And of course, God chose her. So we know that the story, she goes in, she goes and sees her uh, cousin who sees her, the babe leaps in the womb, John the Baptist, that babe leaps in his womb. Then Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she prophesies of that. She prophesies of what was coming on the earth. And let me go over here because it's in Luke. I'm sorry. I was looking at Matthew and I don't want to be in there right now. But she says, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary responds by saying, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit rejoiced in God, my Savior. Notice how she says my soul and then my spirit. So first she says my soul met, her soul was magnet. I mean, the Holy Spirit was moving right then as she was in his presence. She said, well, my soul doth magnify the Lord. And she takes it deeper and says, my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth shall all nations call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hunger with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. You know, and it said, goes on to say, he has hope in his servant helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. You know, that word that Elizabeth gave, that the Holy Spirit gave, wasn't just to the Jewish people because it says that his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. And the Gentiles and everybody that are born again, the Gentile nations, their the mercy of Jesus Christ is upon them. And so the Holy Spirit, before Jesus is even born, and where he, they, the angel says, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. The first thing the Holy Spirit says, that mercy, it says his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. And that he fills the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. So before he even declares that he's sending peace on earth, he is saying the Holy Spirit is talking about, Jesus Christ 
the one who is mercy himself. And for mercy, he came to deliver us from certain eternal death. But I love how it goes on to say that, you know, Zacharias, the whole thing, the whole birth, please read it. But I want to stick to one thing. When it came time for Mary, it says she brought forth her firstborn son, right? And it says here, I want to go to verse 10, because I want to talk about the heavens opening up. And that's the part I want to get to, okay? So in verse 10 of chapter 2, it says, uh, well, let's just say, start here, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Notice how first says mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. And it says, good tidings of great joy shall be to all people. You know, when I think about these men, you know, most of us, and maybe I'm just going to speak from my own thoughts. You know, I, I've never been a rich person financially and that's okay. So God decided that he wanted for me. And I, I'm always moved. I'm always moved of the pe- by the people of low degree. I have always been that type. Even as a little kid, I wanted to identify with the outcast. I always wanted to comfort those that mourned, even I didn't understand what I was doing. But something in me wanted to always comfort them that were grieving. And to this day, that's who I am. And I believe that Jesus put that in my heart. And I know so many of you are like that too. That Jesus put those things in you, which is his mercy. It's his mercy. He made that. He put that in us when we were little. So that we would always show his mercy. I don't know about you, but when people were always mean to me, oh, yeah, I had my times where I got revenge. Not really ever, hardly, actually. Like, I thought about it, but didn't do it. But And if I did do it a couple times, I hated myself for it, you know. But, you know, I think about those men that night that sat there in the dark outside, and the heavens opened up to them in that night. And they were the first ones that heard about the good tidings of great joy. Because like Zechariah prophesied, they that sit in darkness, a great light has, will, has, shine, has shone upon them, will shine upon them, has shone upon them. You know, when I think about those heavens opening up and the time that Jesus was baptized and the heavens opened up, And how Stephen, when he was being stoned to death, he looked up and the heavens were opened up and he saw Jesus standing 
I believe, paying him homage, not homage, honor. There's something about those heavens that open up. And those heavens are open up to you. If you are hurting this year, if you are feeling like, Joni, this is it, man, I'm just always all alone. I hear my neighbors laughing and singing, rejoicing. Or, you know, wherever you may be, you may be in a hospital bed right now. You may be, this is your first year being divorced or the loss of a spouse or children or a child. Or facing a horrible, uncertain future. I have to tell you something today. The heavens that opened up in that night over those poor men, those same heavens open up to you when you pray to Jesus Christ, when you call upon his name. Because the Holy Spirit, before Jesus was even born, already said what Jesus would do. It said that he would have mercy on them that fear him from generation to generation. That he will show strength down his arm for you and scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts that fight against you. He'll put down the mighty from their seats that that lord it over you. And he'll exalt you of low degree. And he'll fill you with hunger. If you're hungry, he'll fill you with good things. And the rich, he'll send empty away. You know, this is not for me to say, well, if you're rich, you're not loved. You know know me better than that. That's not what I mean. It says the rich and the poor meet together, but the Lord is maker of them all. I think what really gets me out of this whole thing is that you see these angel these angels heralding to these men they're looking up and they're like they're they're fearful and this great message is told to them from heaven by an angelic host and I was speaking about this with my husband this morning and my husband said to me this is the one month a year that the message of salvation is advertised he said It's still being advertised even in this one month. And in that night, it was advertised. And I thought that's, he sometimes he says remarkable stuff. And I thought, you're right. But what I want to take it further is that it started with those shepherds at night, men who were of low degree, the ones that, had the rich that lorded over them. They were they were the downcast of society. They were dirty, filthy shepherds. But they were the first ones. They were the very first ones. It says they came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a major. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying, which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They wasted no time. But you see, they had to see it. They had a real, real experience with heaven. And they went to go see 
that baby, the savior of the world. And when they saw him, they went out. I mean, what people are going to go out and go, we saw the savior. He's laying. He was just born. He's just a, he's a few days old. People would go, are you crazy? Some baby that was born in a manger. And by the way, I believe if I understand it right in the studies that I've done, that happened to be during the Feast of Tabernacles. And so because it was a Feast of Tabernacles, all Jerusalem was filled up. I mean, Bethlehem was all filled up. There was no place to stay. Everybody came into town. They were uh, they were celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. And back in those days, a booth wasn't just made, a sukkah wasn't just made for people. Actually, back in those days, a sukkah, they made a covering for their animals. And so they went to go, she went to go have a baby in the ta- a, a sukkah. And she had her baby among the animals. And of course, these shepherds, how unlikely. The shepherds, who's going to believe these dirty shepherds that nobody cares about and looks down on? And then he's going to go out. They're going to go out and go, we saw this baby. We saw the heavens open and this light shone. These angels were worshiping God. And he said, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then they can say, we saw him. He was, he was in a, he was in a manger. Think about the power of believing to tell people that the boldness to say a savior is born. He's in, he's in a, he's in a manger. He's with the animals, but it started with them. And then next thing you know, you see, when it was time for for Jesus to be circumcised on the eighth day, they went into the temple and Simon, they said it was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God. Can you imagine holding that little body? You're holding the body prepared for Christ. And he blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou, let, now let us thou, thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And after that, Anna comes in and she sees him. And, you know, there's something about seeing the Lord. There's something about these people. They saw this baby. They didn't see all of a sudden a man materialize. I'm the savior of the world. I'm here. They saw a baby. You know what it took to believe? It was the power of the Holy Spirit bearing powerful witness to these people. And then it went on from there. And I was thinking throughout the ages, not not the eight, you know, throughout the last 2000 years, is this message of the Savior, salvation to the Gentiles, salvation to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles. A man came into the world. God gave us his only begotten son. Not born of the will of man 
or of the will of the flesh. But he was born by the Holy Spirit. And God, his father, said it pleased him to bruise him. And he took on the form of a servant himself. He's referred to as that great shepherd of the sheep, the chief shepherd and bishop of our souls. And, you know, lately I've been seeing, like you have, I've been seeing evangelical Christianity marching in the streets, screaming at the top of their lungs, stamping their foot, Screaming to the high heavens because they want to save this nation. Look, I get it. I live here and I'm not going to get into this whole thing. Neither do I want to. And it's not my intention. But it started with looking up. It started with heaven opening up. It started with angels heralding a message to men that nobody in their right mind that was thought they were anything believed. But we are still heralding that message. And that same Jesus, that same Jesus, remember it says in Acts, that same Jesus is, remember when he ascended up into heaven before uh, 500 witnesses, chosen witnesses? It says, two angels, it says it in chapter one of Acts, ye men of Galilee, Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? For this same Jesus that hath gone up into heaven shall likewise return again from heaven. So the whole thing is that we're always looking up. In our hearts, we're always looking up. We're always people that look up because that is where we're going. And I want to encourage you. Because remember I said, oh, I'm in Matthew right now. And and I, I didn't want to really be in Matthew, not right this second. And I was thinking about the Beatitudes. And I'm going to talk about the Beatitudes right now. It says in chapter 5, there's all these blessings. And I want to speak about these blessings to you in short. And seeing the multitude. See, it's all about seeing. Somebody wrote to me yesterday and she said, I feel invisible. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. You're not invisible. He that for- planted the eye, shall not he see? He sees you. Oh, you're seen. If you think you're invisible, think again. The invisible God created the visible thing. And everywhere... The world and all the world, his eyes are, says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the good and the evil. The cherubim and Ezekiel that went back and forth like lightning over the sky, those are the cherubim. Those are the keepers of the holiness of the Lord. Those are the recording angels. And it says they were full of eyes all over on their wings, even under their wings, And they're recording everything, every thought, every act of violence, every word spoken, everything. Because those same angels in Revelation 15 hand over the recording books to the temple angels. And when it talks about a Revelation chapter 20, 
I saw the dead, both small, and I saw him that sat upon a great white throne whose face the earth and heaven fled from and can find nowhere to go. And I saw the dead, both small and great, standing before him that sat upon that throne. And the books were opened. Those are the books. You have to be born again. You want your sins forgiven. You don't want to leave this earth unforgiven by Jesus Christ. Let me just jump back here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is, that's now, is the kingdom of God. If you are poor in spirit right now, because you can be sitting on a mountain of money, you may be a CEO of a big company, you may be Maybe maybe you may be a major movie star watching this, but yet you're miserable and you are poor in spirit because all your riches only highlight how dark and empty your soul and your life really are. But you are hungry for Christ. You're hungry. If you are poor in spirit, Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn. If you mourn, Jesus says you're going to be comforted. It says they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. If you're hungry and thirsty, Jesus Christ is going to feed you. He's going to feed you. He's going to feed you food for your physical body because he opens up his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. There's that seeing again. You know, I told Jesus yesterday in prayer and I was marveling through all the years of my life the things he's done for me, all this, this, I sought the Lord and the, he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried and looked unto him and was delivered him from out of, out of all his troubles. I was thinking about those words for my life. And I marveled in that, you know, and I said, you know, Jesus, I want to say something to you. I said, it isn't necessary for me to want to see you right now. I don't need to see you right now. I already see you. I see you with crystal clarity. I see you, God. And on that day, when you see him, if you are pure in heart, then you're going to see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. So persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you. You know, I think you, who, who you are listening, whoever you are, I don't think any of us has not tasted betrayal. 
I don't think there's any of us who haven't been royally rejected, cast out, wounded deeply. You know, there are some people that have been hurt so bad, so deeply, and they struggle as Christians that their their wound is so great, they they want to forgive. A large part of them forgives, but there's something they hold on to. And that's because they want justice. You know, I want to encourage you right now that God said that he will be merciful to you, that he will bless you, that he will comfort you, that he will lift you up, that he will get he will bring you to a place where you trust and trust in the shadow of his wings. You see, we're no different than those shepherds. Those shepherds weren't some special class of people. They were the lowest of the low of society. But who were the people the heavens opened up to? To herald the Savior to. It wasn't the religious sector. It wasn't the people like Elizabeth and Zechariah who were perfect in the law, blameless, righteous, walking in it. Although he did see Gabriel and he didn't believe him. You know, there is a performance the Holy Spirit told, was speaking through Elizabeth. He said, for there shall be a performance of the thing which she has believed. You see, believing is seeing. And I want to turn your attention to heaven. Always turn your eyes to heaven. Paul the Apostle says, this one thing I do. Philippians 3, 10, no, 3, 20, I think. Look it up. (laughs) Leaving behind what is gone and reaching forth to what lies ahead, ever pressing forward to the upward call of our prize, which is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, the the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, when he came out of the wilderness, he prophesied. One of the things he said is, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Oh, you'll see it. But right now, I want to encourage you that Jesus sees you. There's nothing hidden from his eyes. Don't be mistaken. Christ loves you. And I want to always say, remember the shepherds. And don't just remember it because it's December. You know, there is this. You know how we always see Christians rushing in on Easter and on Christmas? But then after that, they just go back and nothing. But is that ever, ever, like my husband said, advertising from heaven? That message of those men, those shepherds, it grew and grew and grew until the Holy Spirit became tongues of fire upon the heads of those people in a little prayer meeting. 
We don't even know their names. We know a couple of people that were there. And if there are no tongues of fire, then there's no hearts of fire. And if your heart is not on fire for Christ, see your circumstances. And I can, I can say it. I've been in the worst circumstances that anybody can probably be in. There's worse than mine. But I can honestly say that from where I was, God told, showed me how to look toward heaven and how to bow before him and how to thank him in the dark, to trust his name in the dark, because faith grew in the dark in my life. And that's where your faith grows in the dark. There is a day and it's swiftly approaching that Jesus Christ will return again. And it's not a fairy tale. It's not, well, you know, there will be, you know, we've heard that before, mockers and scoffers in the last days, where is the promise of us coming? And I really believe that, you know, like my husband brought up again yesterday, he said there was like some record-breaking number of people that went out to vote first ever since our nation. And I said, well, that's actually a bad sign. That's because people are desperate for a real leader. They want someone, and I'm not talking about a human person. That's because this world is fast-tracking towards its end. And Jesus Christ is going to see the travail of his soul, and he's going to prosper. And he's going to set up his millennial kingdom. And you want to be like those that are ready when the Lord comes. So today I want to encourage you, don't just think about the shepherds today. Think about the shepherds for the rest of your life. Think about them and thank God for the fact that he, he minds those of low estate, that to the poor the gospel is preached that he sets them at liberty. Let, let's look at that. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He was sent to heal your broken heart and to preach deliverance to you that are a captive and to recover the sight of you that are blind and to set you at liberty, all of you who are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he will see that come to pass. He will make sure that every one of those things he said he was sent for would go forth through you and through me. And that we can be his little under shepherds in the field of this dark world. For that's what we are. We are little under shepherds. If you're a mother, you're a little under shepherd with babies. If you're a father, you're a little under shepherd. If you are single, you're still an under shepherd because everywhere you go, you're scattering God's word around in the night. And the light shines like the day for darkness and the light are both alike to him. You know, I was thinking about, I was writing, I sent some greeting cards to some people in my, you know, my family and, And I said something and it dawned on me 
because I've been talking to somebody earlier that day who said, boy, it's getting, it's going to be dark. This is just the beginning of it. And I said, well, the light, and I was thinking about that. So when I was writing the card, I said to them that it is very dark and it will get darker. And then all of a sudden I pictured Abraham when God told him to go outside of his tent and look up to the sky in the night to the stars. And God said, look at the stars and count them if you're able, because if you are able, then you will be able to count the number of your offspring. And I think about how it says in Daniel chapter 12, verse three, they that be wise shall shine like the brightness in the firmament. And they that lead many unto righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. And I thought that we shine like stars as we hold out the word of life in this crooked and perverse dark generation. And I thought we only shine brighter, the darker that it gets as a faithful little children of Abraham, children of faith. And this is our time to shine. And as all of us, let us, let us connect with those little shepherds that night and not, and let us condescend to men of low degree. And let's be vessels that are always flowing with living water because he said he'll feed them that are hungry and give thirst unto them. He'll give water unto them that thirst. So remember that heaven opened up in that night. And the heaven is open to you right now in the night. I think of what happened. This is, I'm going to close with this. After Jesus was resurrected in Luke chapter 24 and Cleopas and his friend were leaving Jerusalem and on the road to Emmaus and Jesus joined with them and they didn't know it was Jesus. And they were taught, Jesus was talking to them all the way about Moses. He was expounding about himself and Moses and the Psalms and the prophets and It was a whole day, and when it got to be night, Jesus made as if they were going to go on because they had arrived at their destination, and Cleopas and his friend constrained him and said, Abide with us this night, for the day is far spent, and the night is at hand. And in Romans 13, it says, let's look at it, Romans 13. I've been in the book of Romans. I've been enjoying it so much. And I was in Romans 13. It was just yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind. It says, And now, that knowing, verse 11, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. See, isn't it interesting, that play on words, how Cleopas and his friend said, the day is far spent and the night is at hand. That's because they were not born again yet. They just saw this like, oh, it's you just come in, come in with us. But as born again people, we spiritually say, the day is far spent and the night is at hand. And that day is the perfect day 
of eternity. You know, we're not people that get darker and darker. It says the wicked and the, you know, wicked, it says uh, uh, seducers. I think it's first Timothy three thirteen. It says evil men and seducers shall grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But in Proverbs four eighteen, it says for the path of the just is like the first gleam of dawn shining brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. The perfect day is eternity. It says in Job, I believe it's chapter 15. It says he that hangeth, holdeth on to his righteousness shall grow stronger and stronger. Um, we don't get weaker and weaker. We get stronger and stronger. We get brighter and brighter. I think we get brighter because we're getting nearer to heaven and we're approaching that city of light. And, you know, it says that we we're like trees that grow. We just keep growing and growing and bearing more fruit. So be reminded of those shepherds, will you? Please never forget those shepherds. Don't miss out on the fact that when God does something first and he heralds something to somebody, a people group, that's because he saw the hearts and knew what those men were, that they were simple, organic men. They were simple men. And keep it simple. And if you're going to fight for anything, then stand up and go to war. Fight for souls. Fight in prayer. Work while it's still called day. Because the Lord is coming and he's going to purge this earth of all of its works with fire. And all of its elements will be burned up even when the second heaven where Satan and his kingdom dwells. And so lay up for those things in heaven. And if you're going to pray, use your breath for the things that are eternal souls. Everyone around you, and let me also enforce this, that every prayer you pray becomes eternal in the heavens. It says that in Revelation 5, Revelation 8, about the golden vials that are filled with the odors, which are the prayers of the saints, prayers of all saints. That means prayers from all saints of all time. He never, once they, and once you pray them in Jesus' name, they become eternal forever. So God, I mean, doesn't matter if you say a prayer in your mind. If you just, if you are, I mean, I've heard people that they were so sick, all they can say is Jesus. Maybe that's all they can say in their mind, Jesus. And you know what? Just like Paul, when Ananias told him, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus Christ hath chosen you to as a chosen vessel to bear his name. And if you are truly born again, you bear that name. That name is potent and it is powerful that even the demons believe and tremble. That's pretty powerful when you think about that name that lives within you. Okay, don't forget the shepherds and don't forget there is a heaven that's wide open to us. For Christ has not entered into heavenly places made with hands, but into, which is a figure of the true, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for you. Maranatha. Have a beautiful day.